Good morning, Valley Church. It's been a good morning, hasn't it? It's a good day in the house of the Lord. Mm. Great to be here this morning. So glad to see all of your faces, everyone that's here this morning. And we're approaching the last third of summer. Isn't that unreal? Gone by so fast, but it certainly is warm enough, isn't it? Are you enjoying the heat? Yeah, me too. (laughs) As long as I'm inside most of the time. It's beautiful out there, beautiful to look at, and I'm really glad I have air conditioning in my vehicle, in my house. It's like, wow. Sure love to walk out in it for a little while, though. You know, I, I, I was thinking this morning so much about about the goodness of God and about my relationship and the importance and value of our personal relationships with Him. It's really, really important that the... I was planning to thinking about titling the message this morning, uh, Is That You? It's like hearing the voice of God. It's like, is that you? Um, And that's probably the direction that we're going to go, but I'm going to pray first. Father, I just thank you for a a wonderful, wonderful morning. I just thank you for your presence. I thank you for everyone that's come out this morning, that's gathered together to, to worship you, to bless your name, to receive anything and everything that you have for us, for them. We thank you. We praise you. We say, Holy Spirit, have your way through the remainder of this service, use me to faithfully bring the word that you've given me. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Have your way. It's like, I was just thinking about, about the goodness of God. You know, we spend much, much time praying and, and asking and thinking and talking to the Lord And sometimes we get so busy, so caught up in in what we're doing and the things that are happening around us and the people and the things and the situations even that we're praying for that we cannot, we can get so busy that we have a difficult time settling down enough to end up hearing his voice. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's like, wow, there are so many things. I I even think this, this just reminds me of when Jesus was talking to Mary and, and Martha, her sister Martha, and, and Mary was a little upset. It's like, Jesus, she won't help me. i got a lot of things to get done. And he says, Mary, you worry about Martha. You worry about way too many things. you got too much on your mind right now. What you need to do is just settle down, rest a little bit, and listen. Mary's doing what's right right now, and that's like resting in my presence and hearing what I have to say, paying attention to me instead of everything that's going on around. It's like when I think of all the things that are going on around us right now, I look at my phone, I get about 200 emails a day, and I hate that. And as I go through those very quickly, delete, 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 I tried the unsubscribe thing, and it seemed like they grew after I unsubscribed to a bunch of them. It's like, what in the world? So now it's just delete, delete, until I I come across something. And all of the titles are so negative. It's like the dollar, the end of the U.S. dollar. What's happening to your money? What's happening to banks and bank accounts? Uh, 
negative, 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 delete, 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 delete. And then occasionally I'll come across something that looks positive. It's like, oh, I may take a look at that one. The rest of it is just delete, delete. Are anybody with me? Do you get these same kind of emails just in big floods of, and is 90% of it negative? Ah, that's, that's where I'm at. Well, Renee and I were, man, it's like, I don't have time to go much into this other than we're going to be here in another month, another six weeks. We will have 33 years of marriage under our belt. And it was just about this time of year, in 1990, that I worked up the courage to talk to her father to ask permission to marry her while he was digging a sewer line right out there where Life Way is right now. Just like, man, and, and I think of what a patient, patient woman of God she has been to allow me to grow up to become the priest of my home. A patient, patient woman that gave me the opportunity, the time, and the support to be able to grow up to be the priest of my home. So, love you, my dear. Hats off to you. This morning, I, she and I took off last Monday. A lot of crazy things happened that day, and she was had been sick and wanted to get out of the house, and if she spends more than one full day without getting out of her house, she absolutely goes stir-crazy. i got to get out. i got to get out. But she was feeling so poorly that she stayed in the house for two or three days in a row. We got out for a little while. We took a drive, took a big old loop, and we came out Highway 78, out towards oh Melba... Murphy, that direction, circle back around, come up 12th Avenue in Nampa, taking the long way around. And I just want to share this story as the goodness of God, how he cares for every little detail in our lives, and how important it is that we have an attitude of gratitude and recognize the good things that he does in our lives. So she and I, were, we were driving, and she goes, well, it's almost 7 o'clock by now or maybe a little after 7, and she goes, oh, hey, we're coming down 12th Avenue. Could we stop in and get a coffee? Dutch Bros is just right up here. And it's like, hey, I don't drink coffee. This, this is like 7 o'clock. I don't want to be up all night. I don't drink coffee. I said, if I were to end up having coffee, what I would want is something like a little bit of coffee and a whole lot of ice cream. So it was like a... You know, like a dessert, like a, like a coffee float or something we would, would probably call it us. So we pull into Dutch Bros, and she orders her same, same. I could have ordered it for her. It's like a small, extra hot mocha. It's like, you can have one of those for a mere five bucks. But uh, <clears throat> Anyway, we, we, we pull through. She makes the order, and you know, 7, 7.15 at night, who would believe there's lines in a coffee shop? But there is. 
So we're like third or fourth car back in line, and, and she's put her order in, and there's about that many cars behind us, two, three, four. I don't, I didn't count the cars. I just saw them coming in behind us and kind of shaking my head. But thinking, you know, if I were to, and we're, now there's two to three cars, we're like that close to the, getting that close to the window, we're in the middle of this line, more or less. Some young lady comes walking out the back door of Dutch Bros with a drink about this tall, a large, and says, hey, she just walked right straight to our car and says, hey, we've mixed up an extra drink. Would you like it? I was like, man, this is the right color. This looks like a coffee milkshake. It's blended up. It's not just coffee. I was like, well, yeah, yeah, I would like that. So she just handed it to us. I was just like, wow, that was weird. You know, there's cars ahead of us, there's cars behind us, and she hands that. It's like, uh, when she was coming, I told Renee, oh, somebody's confused. This is not a small extra hot. This is a, a frozen blended or whatever. I, don't even, I can't even remember what she called it. She hands that in and gives us the straws, and uh, I stuck the straw in it. It's like, oh, man, this is delightful. <laughs> wow, this is just like what, and, and, we, and we looked at each other, and it's like, Oh, my goodness, somebody was listening. <laughs> I say, he's a good, good God that pays attention to the details in our lives and even what we were talking about before we got, got there. It's like, are you kidding me? After I drank a bunch of that down, it was kind of a get thee behind me, Satan. What was I thinking? But, you know... <laughs> But it's just like the goodness of God in our lives, in the little details, sometimes we, it's like, we'll blow your mind. It's like, you know what? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for paying attention to these little details. Isn't that amazing? You could have picked the three or four cars in front, the cars behind, but nope, she brings it out. We've mixed up an extra drink. Would you like it? Of course. It's free. <laughs> I'd like you, I would like first to go to uh, Philippians 4th chapter, read verses 4 through 8. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Everybody say rejoice. You see, when we rejoice in Him and when we praise Him and thank Him for even all of the little things that He does for us, He's faithful. Let your, gentleman, let your gentlemanness and your ladymanness and let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication... With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Now, how do we do it? Can you back, back up to that for just a second? Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with what? Thanksgiving. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Thanksgiving is such an important, important part right there. Next, now. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds. 
How? Through Christ Jesus. Our hearts and our minds will be guarded and protected, and that peace of God that passes understanding through Christ Jesus. Everybody say, through Christ Jesus. Huh. Now I'll say it together. <laughs> through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, which is fair and right, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there's any virtue or value, if there's anything praiseworthy, say that again, meditate, meditate on these things. Man, we're inundated and surrounded by such negativity, such bad news. What are we instructed to do? Meditate on the good stuff. Be thankful. Let him know how thankful we are for everything that he's done for us, every blessing in our lives. Count those up. Write those down and say, thank you, Jesus. If our focus goes out to all of the things that are around us, all of the negativity, that's what will be attracted to us. Got that? You want to attract negativity into your life? Just focus on it. Just think about it. You want to attract positivity into your life? Put your mind, your focus, and your meditation on things that are true, that are valuable, that are worthy of your praise and of your attention. Thank you. Okay. This is the really, I'm starting with the positive. We're going to jump into something that is very clearly um, a detraction, an obstacle in our lives that keeps us from hearing the clear, undis the clear, distinguishable, undeniable voice of God. I want you to turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. We're going to read verses 9 through 11. What is it that might come as an obstacle between you and God for you clearly hearing his voice and direction in your life? Well, verse number 9 says, Do you not know that the unrighteous, everybody say unrighteous, will not inherit the kingdom of God? See, when Jesus came, he went about saying, preach, teach, the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is accessible to you right now. And we as his disciples are preaching and teaching the same thing. The kingdom of God is at hand, accessible to you right now. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, 
We're going to stop for just a second. Do everybody know what fornicators are? Kind of quiet right here. Fornicators are those who have sex outside of marriage. Everybody got that? Sex outside of marriage is fornication. Fornicators are the ones who have sex outside of marriage. Neither fornicators, those who have sex outside of marriage, those that live together having sex outside of marriage, will not inherit the kingdom of God. Nor idolaters, anyone that puts something above God. An idolater is someone that idolizes something, puts more value to that than they do to their relationship with God. Jack Taylor says, anything that you have to check with before you say yes to God is an idol in your life. Nor adulterers. Now, adulterer is someone who is married and is having an affair, or say having sex with someone other than their wife, like someone else's wife or someone else's husband, is an adulterer. Nor homosexuals. It's like, man, it is really clear right here that it is necessary for us to have holy sex. Holy sex is sex between a man and woman that have committed to one another in marriage. So, homosexuals will not inherit the kingdom of God. It's pretty clear. It's, it's scriptural right here. Nor sodomites. You know what? We're not going to talk about sodomites right now. You can look up the description, uh, the, the definition of sodomites yourself. I, I would rather not go there. But not thieves, nor covetous. Covetous is someone that says, <laughs> it's something like my, I would have heard my dad say, it's like, man, I wish I had that, and he had a feather in his ear, and we'd both be tickled. <laughs> That's coveting someone else's possession. If we desire something somebody else has and become jealous of something that somebody else has, then we are becoming covetous. We do not covet. Nor drunkards. I think everybody knows what a drunkard is. Nor revilers, but I bet not everybody knows what one of those is. Let's see how many hands raised who actually know what that is. We've read this many, 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 many times. And there are four people, five. Do I see five? I see, I see that hand. There's seven now. Seven people that know what that is. Let, let me just tell you, what that is somebody that is going... Pretty much like going behind your back, telling people all of the bad things about you. Somebody that's out to ruin your reputation, to end up hurting or destroying you. Those are revilers. Now you know that one of the things that, you know, that, that this is something that can actually trap up a Christian pretty easily. How we can see somebody, we can judge somebody, and then start telling somebody else the negative things about that Individual, and we become one of those. It's like, oh. Nor extortioners. You know what are extortioners? None of these will inherit the kingdom of God. So we start looking at things that might come between us, our relationship with God, and why we don't hear his voice. There are things that we need to bring into subjection within ourselves 
And if it falls into that category right there, it's pretty what you're not inheriting the kingdom of God, which is at hand, right there available to you and for you. Is that really pretty clear? Somewhat direct. Okay, verse number 11. It says, and such were some of you. It's like, okay, if you happen to be one of those, raise your hand. No, <laughs> just. Were you one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, or eight? Which one were you? And such were some of you. I mean, the, the word says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So we all were one of those. On the other side of the cross, before we received Jesus and the price that he paid already. And such were some of you. I think it could have been, and such were all of you. But you were, you were, you were, you were washed, but you were sanctified. But you were justified. Justified is just as if I'd never sinned. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Hmm. Goes on and talks about some more things that I don't, I, we don't need to read. You can all read this. You've got Bibles. And if you don't have Bibles, you've got smartphones, and you can find, up a, find a Bible out. But let's look at verse 17. But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Once we have become justified by believing on the Lord Jesus Christ, by the sacrifice that he made for the forgiveness of our sin, receiving that and receiving him and receiving his spirit, which is promised to us, who believe in him and are baptized, we become joined and become in one spirit, sharing the spirit with Jesus Christ. That's good news right there, isn't it? Okay, I want to uh, I want to jump in with more happy happy thoughts. Good news. The good news is good stuff. Good stuff. We're sandwiching. I always sandwich some of the rough stuff with good on the front end, good on the back end. God is good. He is faithful. He gave His Son to be a sacrifice for us for our sins, and by believing in Him, receiving Him, that there is one Spirit a spirit in common that we share with him when we have been filled with his spirit. Um, I want to talk about there's a, the, the incredible value and importance of worship. There was a time in my life that, uh, well, I grew up in a different church. I grew up, I was 19 when I gave my heart to the Lord, so I grew up as a baby Christian starting at 19 years old, and the church that I grew up in didn't do worship like we do worship, didn't understand the way that we understanding, didn't have the revelation that we have, so it was pretty much all new to me. And it was almost troublesome to me to see the, the, the crazy freedom that was happening in this church 
to me when I first started to come. It's like, wow, this is amazing. I like it. I like it. Just never seen it. They stand up for 20, 30, 40 minutes, and they clap their hands and, and move their feet. And I think this is kind of cool. But the, my personality, I guess, or my insecurities, my pride, all of the above, would really keep me from doing very much. It would definitely keep me from being anywhere near the front of the church. I would rather be in the back three rows than, than the front three rows. And anytime I was just, I've thought about myself and, and my life, and it's like, if it meant stepping out. You know when you, uh, you go on a cruise and they start looking for volunteers, come up here, come up here, or any kind of thing like that where they're, I need to volunteer. It's like, yeah, don't make eye contact with me. It's like, I'm not going to even look up because the idea of making a fool of myself, making myself look silly, not being a winner, looking anything less than cool, it's like, yeah, not me. Nope. I'm not about to do that. I'm not going to try that. I'm not going to do that because I didn't realize that I think, you know, we, we think of fear of man so to a degree, it's fear of man, but from my perspective, really, the Lord showed me, pointed out to me, it is your pride. It's like, my pride? Oh, no. I don't think of myself as a proud person, but I started studying the life of David and how David worshipped and the things that he did as the king and how he worshipped, and it's like, oh, my goodness, he's talking to me. I'm starting to hear him talk to me, oh, oh, I remember very clearly, we're still over in the gym, so this is somewhere between 96 and 2002, it would be in the later 90s, that I started hearing, you know what, you need to engage in worship, it's like, oh, I do, it's like, no, you need to humble yourself and engage in worship, like, well, what would that be? And, and, and I heard, <clears throat> careful, I'll be making myself cry again. I heard, it's like, I want you to speak a word about breakthrough in worship, and I want you to jump down off that platform in the gym and start dancing back and forth in front of the stage in front of everybody, and I, <laughs> yeah, no, no, I am, this cannot be the voice of God. And I heard, why, why in the world would you want me to do that, something that I think is silly and looks silly, and so that's why I would want you to do that. I want you to humble yourself. It's like, oh my goodness. It took me the whole week, but I was just plagued with that. You need to, you need to, you need to. It's like, oh my goodness. So I talked to Pastor Rutzen, and it's like, surely he'll say no. I didn't tell him I was going to dance. Because if he'd seen me dance, I know he would have said no. But uh, I got up there. I asked him if I could have the microphone to share a few words. I felt like the Lord had given me something that I needed to share. And he 
bravely but somewhat reluctantly said, yeah, okay, you can have a couple minutes. So I got up there with, my, with the microphone. I shared some words, what God had given me to share about worship and the breakthrough that comes from worship. I laid that microphone down. I told the worship leader, hey, play Celebrate Jesus was the song. I jumped down off of there, closed my eyes, and was dancing back and forth because I did not want to see anybody seeing me. You know, it's like if I close my eyes and just peek at the ground once in a while to make sure I don't trip and fall down while I'm it's like... And anybody that came to the wedding last summer when Christy got married knows I can't dance. I humbled myself and made a fool of myself there as well for my daughter. First time I did it for the Lord, second time for my daughter. It's like, no, this white man can't dance. But I'm willing to jump around, make a fool of myself as I praise the Lord. So if you see me and you just shake your head going, what is he doing? I am once again humbling myself to please the Lord. And there was such an incredible breakthrough. When I start opening my eyes, I'm starting to, because I'm starting to bump into people, the altar loaded with people up there turning, twirling, sort of jumping, dancing, and some of them knew how to dance. So, you know, well, this makes me look better because I'm not the only one up there anymore. So, humble yourselves before the Lord. If you want breakthrough, if you want to hear his voice, you know what? God resists the proud, but gives this amazing, crazy grace to the humble. Um, in fact, let's... We, oh, making me brave. You want to see me dance? No. <laughs> uh, Yeah, let's. <laughs> I don't have any more kids getting married, so uh, let's look at First Peter chapter five um, and read about four verses right there. Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you, be submissive one to another, and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Who lifts you up and exalts you? God, God, Jesus, God. That he might exalt you in due time after you've humbled yourselves. As being the proud, he resists the proud. You want to hear his voice? You want to be in the center of his will? You want to be, as Pastor Rich says, under the spout where the glory comes out? Submit yourself. Humble yourself. Uh, Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood 
in the world. It's like God is faithful to those who are willing to submit themselves and to humble themselves before him. When Okay, looking at that stupid clock. Um, In John 15, Jesus is talking about, I no longer call you servants, I call you friends, because you have humbled yourself to the point that you're willing to do whatever he asks you to do. And I think of, like, you know, a a good father and a a good friend becoming a a good friend to somebody, or even a good employee. Let's say a really good employee is someone that pays attention to what his boss, his supervisor, the owner of the company, what the owner of the company is really needing, and tries to be right there next to him, taking care of what the next need is. Like, if you're trying to accomplish something and you're working, it's like, oh, I have the wrong size wrench right here. I'm going to need a, a 5 sixteenths or a 5 eighths instead. And, and, and you're watching and you see that this is not working, but it's your supervisor that's on the ladder or that's under that's, that's twisting this wrench. And you say, he needs the next wrench to quickly be the hands that reaches down and grabs that and hands that to him. It's like you're thinking with or thinking ahead of, we don't want to get ahead of Jesus, but we want to be thinking with. When, when the master is doing, when the master is accomplishing, if we're in tune, if we're in step, if we're intimate with him, we know what's happening and what's going on, and we don't have to hear every single word to be ready, willing, and able to step, to do, to accomplish the task at hand. You hear me? Making sense to you right now. It's like, okay. So the really, 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 really important thing is that as we humble ourselves before him, that we spend time in worship. I, I think one of the things that's like, man, I get so many things on my mind. I jump and bounce and... But something that can bring me into a place where my mind becomes aligned with him is to get a little bit of worship in first because that then it becomes vertical. It's like, ah, I'm feeling, I'm sensing, I'm hearing. Now I can come to a place that there's not a gazillion things and a thought and what needs to be next and what he... It's like just to worship him, to praise him, to thank him. So a little, a little worship music and, and, the, and the, the, the words that come with that music where I'm beginning to praise Him and exalt His name and thank Him for His goodness and for all that He's doing, it becomes so much easier to then hear that still, small voice. And I was thinking of, you know, His sheep know His voice. What... what What's talking? I mean, I, I've studied before, and I don't remember. Now this is just kind of, kind of coming to me. But, but verbal communication is 60%, 50% of actual communication. Anybody know what that 
Anyway, I was just, just thinking, when, when I have become more familiar, like a friend to God, it's like there are so many different ways that he communicates just like us. We're created in his image. And it's like, um, Rick, if I, over there where I am, will look at Rick and make eye contact and I go, Houston, we got a problem over here. Then Rick is going to know, figure out, because we spent enough time talking, and he, he knows my heart, and he knows the feel for what feels, oftentimes like what I'm feeling. Rick will really quickly respond or bring somebody to respond to the situation without any words being spoken. Are you with me? Yeah. See, when we really get in tune and in step and come to a place in maturity of maturity in our relationship with Jesus, with Holy Spirit, how he's directing us, it's like we can move in a flow with him without saying, he just told me to do this, or he just told me to do this. He doesn't have to tell me anything anymore. I sense, I can get a picture, I can get a feel. Does this make sense? The more we grow in relationship, the better that we get to know him, the more obedient that we are to the little nudges and pushes and, and things that we get, that we, that we feel, The more successful we're going to be, the more rewarded we're going to be. It's like, hey, he'd be bringing you one of these big, tall drinks right here that you just mentioned to your wife. If I were going to order, this is what I would want. You know, that's the goodness of God and just the, the little rewards. And then when we let him know, you know, thank you so much for that. I, I really appreciate your... Uh, okay. Revelation, I think, we'll go to Revelation 3, 19 through 22. Now this is red letters in Revelation. This is Jesus speaking right here. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Rebuke means I get right after you verbally. It's like, what, what were you thinking? Why did you do that? You know that was a mistake. You know you messed up right there. Why did you do that? And chastening might even mean a swat or two. A little bit of punishment. See, when we end up having that kind of a relationship, we will get some rebuke and some chastening. We need to expect that because he loves us. He's going to correct us. And I, oh man, no, I forgot the guy's name, but uh, I remember the first conference that we, that Renee, well, that Renee and I went to together in uh, Nashville, Tennessee. I wish I could remember that guy's name, but he, him, he said, 
the closer, the smaller the gap between where Holy Spirit convicts you, um, rebukes you, and you repent, the closer your walk is. The smaller the gap between you being made aware and you taking care of it, the closer that your walk is with Him. I, I love that. I've hung on to that now for almost 19, 18 years. It's like, so Revelation 19, where as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be zealous, be excited, be energetic. Get this taken care of. Be zealous and repent. Make that a short gap right there and get it taken care of. Repentance is not a one-time deal. If you've been taught that, you've been taught wrong. Because look, look what Jesus says right there. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Again, Jesus speaking. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. When I think of intimacy, you know, the, the, the meals that Jesus had with the disciples, where he's like washing their feet. It even talks about where one of the disciples, you know, he's kicked back eating a piece of bread with his head on Jesus' chest, getting that close. That, that's intimacy, where Jesus is talking about, I'm going to come in and we'll have a meal together. But here's, behold, I stand at the door and knock. You know, the really important thing is he's there. He's knocking on that door, desiring that intimacy with you. But what's your part? Open the door. Open the door. We got to open the door to let him in. I hear people saying, you know, how do I hear God's voice? How do I hear God's voice? Man, there's some things we need to take care of. There's some things some intimacy that needs to be established where we become close to him and where we even develop friendship with him, knowing and understanding what he wants, what his desires are, and trying to respond to those where he doesn't have to say, now, one of your least valuable employees can be the one who's always will do exactly what you say, but never figure out what your heart is and what you're wanting accomplished. This makes sense. It's like, it, you know, it's like you don't have to have much of an IQ. It's like, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. And when you're done with that, do this. It's like, you don't have to know your master and know what his heart is and what his thoughts are, what his big plans and desires are. You just have to be obedient to that. And, and we all start there. But as we develop and mature, we move on. His desire is to come and fill you. When people say, I want more, I want more, I want more, I want more, then open every door, every closet, turn a light on in every corner, submit it all to Him, and you will have all you can possibly handle. Because He wants to come in. Are you hearing me here? It's like, you want more of God? No. <laughs> you have access to all of it, but you have to expose all of you. Every door needs to be open. Transparency to God is what he's asked. You open the door, I will come in. 
We will have an intimate time. We will dine together, you with me, me with you. And 21, to him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. Oh, the overcomers. I want to move really quickly to two more scriptures. Matthew 5, 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall... For they shall... When we hunger and thirst for His righteousness... He will fill us. Behold, He's knocking on the door, looking for those that want to be filled, that want to open every door, every window, every crevice exposed to Him. Matthew 6.33 Seek first the kingdom of God, and what? His righteousness. Right standing with Him, living righteously, and anything you need will be added to you. Acts 2.17, it's going to be the final scripture. We're going to close with this. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons, your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will... S- <clears throat> your, young, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy... Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. See, again, standing at the door, knocking for anyone that's willing, for anyone that's open, he's there. Let's stand together. Let's all just close our eyes. For a moment, envision yourself standing and God right now knocking on your door. If Jesus is knocking on your door, it's like, His desire is for you to open up, open the doors, and just let Him come in and completely fill. To light up every corner. To do away with all anxiety. Say anxiety has got to go in His presence. When He comes in and when He completely fills, when you are open, transparent, where you submit and humble yourself to all that he has for you. He is faithful. He is faithful. He is faithful. Father, I just thank you that each one that stands here this morning with eyes closed, with hands out ready to receive all that you have for them, that as you continue knocking, the doors will be open to you this morning this day and as those doors are open I just say thank you Jesus for coming in for cleaning house for shining your light 
on any dirty spot, on any spot, wrinkle, anything that you see, Holy Spirit, when they have opened themselves, when we've opened ourselves up to you, anything that you see, I ask right now that you would reveal it, that you would reveal it. I just thank you for that revelation. As you look, as you seek, (laughs) as you step in to do what only you can do, we humble ourselves before you, Lord. We're asking that you come, that you do, that you fill, that you cleanse, that you clean, that you empower right now. Fill us with your love, your joy, as we rejoice in your name and your goodness. We give you thanks right now in Jesus' mighty name for all you are, all you do, and who you are in our lives. Our desire is to serve you best, to know your heart and be obedient to your will. And we give you thanks and we give you praise in the mighty name of Jesus. And together everybody said, Amen. Yeah, if the prayer team would would come now, if 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 you just need to spend a little more time around the altar and you'd like somebody to pray with you, if you have never, never, never experienced his goodness, you've never asked Jesus to come in be Lord and Savior of your life, to guide and direct your path, to be completely led by His Spirit, I just encourage you to come right up to the front this morning. I'd love to lay hands on you and pray for you. If if you feel that you want to make another level of commitment, say, I want to open it all. I want all you have for me, Lord. I just encourage you to come to the center right here. If you have any other kind of request, you need prayer for anything else, man, the prayer team is here. They're ready. The presence of the Lord is here. He wants to fill. He wants to heal. He wants to deliver. I pray that his face will shine upon each one of you this week, that he will guide you, direct you, and give you his peace this week. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.